Welcome to the Lead Your Life podcast. I'm your host, Natalie Barron. I'm obsessed with helping people feel more connected to themselves, the people they love, their work, and their purpose. I'm a leadership coach, speaker, self-improvement junkie, wife, mom of two teenagers, and 30-year corporate career woman turned entrepreneur. This podcast will give you the tools, insights, and real honest conversations that will help you lead your life so you can love your life. Let's dive in. Hello, 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 my friends. Welcome back to another episode of the Lead Your Life podcast. I'm your host, Natalie Barron, and I am grateful you are here with me today. So thank you for making the time to spend some time with me because I really appreciate it. And I want you to know that. I really do. So it's hard to believe that it is the second week of April and the weather has been insane. It has been so hot and so beautiful. And it's just hard to believe that it's already like this. It feels like summer and it's literally we're just in a couple weeks into spring. And we have spent the most glorious days, the last three days, my husband and I have spent at the beach every single day, taking the dog. The dog is worn out, by the way. <laughs> I'm looking at her right now and she is dead asleep. We have thoroughly worn her out, which is great for us because uh, she still has that puppy energy and she can definitely be rambunctious. Um, so we've done a good job of wearing her out. But we have spent the last three days at the beach shopping and eating and drinking and just having a great time walking around and watching the sunset, which is my favorite thing to do. It's my favorite thing to do, especially with my hubby, watching the sunset every day for the last three days. And I feel so lucky. And like I said, the weather has just been completely beautiful. It's a little chilly today, but the last three days, it has been stunning. Spring and summer are absolutely, without a doubt, my favorite seasons. All right. And I know people don't think that we have seasons here in Southern California, but we do. And how I tell the seasons, obviously, is the weather, but more so just the the flowers and the trees and in the winter, all the trees lose their leaves just like they do everywhere else. And the gardeners, you know, prune everything back and everything just looks kind of barren. And I really don't like it. And so I love spring when everything is starting to bloom and to blossom. And it's just so beautiful, aside from my husband's allergies, but it's worth it. It's worth it. All the butterflies are out. And I just love this, the energy, you know, kind of going back to energy leadership, which was last week's episode. There is an energy about spring leading into summer that it just makes me on a very deep level. It makes me really happy. And, you know, when we think about life and we think about our leadership, we have different seasons of our leadership. And in today's episode, specifically, we're going to be talking about confidence and having confidence as a leader. And I think about my own leadership and 
looking back over the years, over my 30-year career at this point, and there have been definite seasons of confidence and lack of confidence over my entire career. And I will definitely be sharing some of my own specific stories about my lack of confidence, times I felt really confident, because I believe that's how we learn from each other. We we learn by by sharing openly and honestly and authentically both our successes but also our challenges. And so I invite you to do the same because that's how we're going to build this relationship together. And I invite you to take a few minutes before we really dive into this topic and take out your notebook or your journal or your phone or wherever you keep your notes to yourself. And I invite you to think about times in your life where you felt really confident. And I want you to put yourself, close your eyes and put yourself back in that moment. What were you doing? How were you feeling? What was happening around you? Maybe even what were you smelling and thinking? And just really immerse yourself back into that experience. And feel how your body changes and your energy changes, and maybe even your breath changes when you think about that specific instance. And then on the flip side, I want you to think about a time where you were really nervous and you maybe didn't feel that confident. Maybe those voices and that saboteur voice got really strong in your head and really loud and was saying things to you like, who do you think you are? You have no idea what you're talking about. You have no idea what you're doing. Who made you the expert on this particular subject? Don't you know that everyone's going to figure out that you don't know what you're talking about and that you don't have enough fill-in-the-blank education, experience, time in the customer, time in the role, you know, You can fill that blank in with so many different things. And so I invite you to think about that experience for yourself. And again, really put yourself in that moment. What were you thinking? What were you feeling? What was happening in your body? Where did you feel that stress and that pressure in your body? Was it in your shoulders? Did your stomach tighten up? Were your legs shaking? Were you sweating? Were your I I had a client who would get so embarrassed when he was lacking confidence because his his face would literally turn red and there was no way he could hide it. And so, you know, were your cheeks flush? Were you blushing? What was happening for you in that moment? And when you think about the moment that you weren't feeling confident... I want you to ask yourself why. And then I want you to ask yourself, what did you do? Did the fear become so large inside of you that it paralyzed you? And maybe you didn't do anything. And that's okay. We've all been there. So don't beat yourself up about that because trust me, we have all been there. where We've been so paralyzed. We didn't want to take that risk. We didn't want to put ourselves out there. 
But maybe, maybe you did do something and maybe you failed. Maybe you did have the courage to take action, but maybe you said something that just didn't land. And, or maybe someone laughed at you when you said it. Or maybe they didn't directly laugh, but you saw an eye roll or you saw a lack of acceptance about what you said or how you said it. And then what happened? You know, when I think about my own specific example with lack of confidence, I'll start there first. It's when I was back in my corporate career and I had just finished my MBA program. And I'm not going to lie, I had struggled to get through my MBA program, especially the accounting and the finance part of it. It's just never been my strength. And I struggled, but I, I made it through. I persevered and I graduated, which was great news. And then after I graduated, my boss came to me and said, hey, we know that you've just graduated with your MBA and we want to put you in this new role that they're creating for the organization. And it's called category management. I said, what is that? And he said, exactly. It's this new field that's emerging within the consumer packaged goods industry, within the food industry. And it's all around making consumer decisions and using consumer insights to drive sales. And it's called category management. And it's using data, consumer data, to help our our buyers make sound decisions. And of course, there was this part of me, I was thrilled that I was, you know, being asked to, to go, go into this role and to take on this new position, especially, you know, something new within the organization. And there was going to be an 18-month training that I was going to have to go through all these different classes and scenarios. And there was actually going to be a certification at the end of it. And I have to tell you, I did not have confidence as I was going through this program because it wasn't something that was honing in on my core strengths. Data analysis and all of that good stuff has never been a core strength of mine. And I really lost my confidence for a couple of years. So I I went through the training program. I graduated I had to go through a a panel interview, basically, of outside industry experts, and they they judged my case study, and then I got my certification to be a certified category manager. And I just remember feeling so horrible. I felt like I was back in college, and it was just this sinking feeling in my stomach And I I got feedback afterwards that I didn't do that well. I passed, but I didn't do that well. And like I said, it really shook my confidence for a couple of years. I I really felt like this isn't the right role for me. I am not honing my strengths. I am really in a job that is just highlighting my weaknesses. And I'm afraid that I'm just an open book and everyone can see it. And Of course, no one else saw it except for me. I was putting so much pressure on myself. But I share that with you because it really affected my self-esteem. And 
when I think back to that specific incident, what was really affecting me was the fact that I didn't have any outside wins. You know, I was in a training program for 18 months, and then I was just getting out of the training program and getting my feet wet, and I, I didn't have any I didn't have any external validation. And so here I was doing something I didn't feel confident about, and I wasn't getting any wins. And that was really difficult. And now looking back with the knowledge and the skills I have now, what I know is that I was putting so much importance on outside validation. And that can be a huge confidence killer. If we are putting so much outside validation on the wins and the kudos and the accolades and the bonuses and the elevations in role, and we aren't trusting ourselves to just know that we can get through a difficult time and that we have the tenacity and the resiliency and the perseverance to to continue to learn and to grow. But if we are putting so much weight on external sources to give us that validation, to help us with our confidence, that's where we can really get stuck. And so I invite you to think about, in your example where you were lacking confidence, were you waiting for external validation? Because that can be a confidence killer. And the antidote to that is trusting yourself. Really solidly trusting yourself as a leader, knowing that you have the experience, the fortitude, the resilience, the education, the experience to get through whatever you need to get through, no matter what anyone else says, thinks, or validates you for. And here's what I know, that if you self-identify as a people pleaser then you are most definitely looking for that external approval. You're looking for that validation everywhere. You're looking for it from your boss, from your friends, from your spouse, your partner, from your kids even, to validate you that you're a good mom or a good dad. But you are always looking outside of yourself. And when you do that, you never truly know who you are. And you also don't know what matters to you because you're so busy pleasing everyone else. And going back to energy leadership, what happens is you are wasting so much energy wondering, is my friend mad at me? Did I say the wrong thing? Or did I present the the wrong situation to my boss? And is my boss upset with this project because it's not being done on time? Or, you know, is my spouse or my partner upset with me because I didn't do X, Y, Z? And it's just this whole rumination and so much energy is busy worrying about what everyone else thinks. And having confidence is building that confidence from the inside out. That is when you will understand the true meaning and power of what confidence can give you. And the truth is, is Confidence is not a trait. Just like leadership, confidence is a skill that you can learn. You just have to practice. 
And the way you practice is through what researchers call the competence loop. And it's, it's backed by powerful neuroscience. And so this is how it works. How do you become more confident? The simplest answer is through this competence loop. So as we become more skilled at a task, our fear shrinks and our confidence grows. And this is the crux of the confidence competence loop. As our confidence grows, we get better and more competent. And then it's this beautiful cycle. But if you notice, it's all about taking action. So when you think about riding a bike, you, you know how to ride a bike really well at this point. Are you afraid to ride a bike? Probably not because you know how to do it. So if I give you a bicycle and invite you to ride, you likely will do it right away. There's no reason to delay. There's no fear. You just get on that bike and you ride and you have fun. You have the wind in your hair. But if I gave you a unicycle, I'm guessing <laughs> that some fear might build up. <laughs> Funny enough, my, my daughter brought home a unicycle a couple years back when she was in high school. And she lined up trash cans on either side of our side yard and was kind of using them as bumpers because it was really difficult to learn. And I got on it and just sat on it and leaned against the trash can and fear completely came over me. There was no way I could pedal forward because I was so afraid I was going to fall flat on my face. And so going back to the unicycle or the bicycle example... I hesitated. I ruminated. I used a lot of energy to consider whether or not I was going to ride that unicycle. But the bike, no problem. I would get on it. But looking back at that example, I think back to my daughter, Hannah, and I think, how did she do that? How did she go from riding a bike to being able to ride a unicycle? And the first step was she put the, her butt in the seat. And she decided that she was going to take action and her action was going to override her fear. And as she started to move forward, that action started to build her confidence. And I was amazed. She stayed out there for several hours and kept practicing. And I kept hearing, you know, kind of the banging of the trash cans because she would lean on them or fall on them. And they were kind of a safety net for her. But I love that she just kept trying and trying and trying. And so many of us have building confidence backwards. We think and we hear that we need to muster up confidence and we need to, you know, get ourselves ready by visualizing the end and and getting ourselves all hyped up to take that action. But the reality is it's backwards. Confidence comes after the action. And this is so important for us to remember, especially when our fear starts to set in. And so the way the competence loop works is you have an objective, in this case, riding the unicycle, and then you practice, practicing for hours and hours like she did, and then you get feedback. So you either have internal feedback that tells you what you're doing right, or what you can improve upon, or you have external feedback from maybe your boss or the CEO or some colleagues or whomever, but you get that feedback and then you adjust. 
And then that builds your competence. And you start doing the thing, aka riding the unicycle, really well. And because you're doing it really well, because you've established some expertise, then you feel confident. And then that confidence allows you to try on a bigger objective. Maybe it's riding a taller unicycle, or maybe it's taking all the trash cans and the bumpers away. So it's just you and the unicycle and the wind in your hair. But I invite you to think about that because as you gain competence, you gain confidence. And so kind of going back to my example that I shared around, you know, being placed in this role that wasn't really a good fit. That's why your 20s and your 30s are such a great time for you to experiment and for you to really identify what works for you, what doesn't, and be okay with failure. I think sometimes as parents, too, we put so much pressure on our kids to have everything figured out and have their life figured out. But this is really such a beautiful time to gain that competence Um, by trying and failing and failing forward and learning. And the interesting question I have for those of you that are listening that are maybe on the more experienced side is I know a lot of my clients still struggle with confidence. And Amy Cuddy talks about fake it till you make it or fake it till you become it. And she has a great TED Talk. I highly encourage you to watch it if you haven't seen it. But my question to you is, she says, fake it till you make it. But you've made it. Think about all the achievements that you have in your career. I'm assuming most of my listeners have at least 15, 20, 30 years of experience. You don't have to fake it anymore. You have made it. You have built such a solid portfolio of competence. And so my question to you is, why are you not allowing that to build your confidence? And what are you going to do to own that? Because the reality is confidence has stages. And the first stage is unwarranted confidence. We all know someone that is cocky or arrogant. Um, Sometimes it's a teenage boy, sometimes (laughs) trying to impress a teenage girl. Or we've seen examples at work. It could be both men and women where people overestimate their abilities. And I do find that this tends to happen on the younger side, but I've also seen it happen on the older side as well. So, you know, I think there's just certain people that overestimate their abilities And it's this, what I call number one, unwarranted confidence. And this isn't a good thing. And I think this is what so many of my female clients are afraid that they're going to exude when they start feeling more confident is it's going to be unwarranted. But the reality is it's not unwarranted because you deserve it. There's going to be a whole other podcast on deserving But you deserve it based on what you've achieved, everything that you provide, everything that you contribute, all of your experience, you absolutely 
deserve to be confident. The second phase of confidence, like I mentioned earlier, is kind of this fake it till you make it of putting phrases on your mirror and saying, you know, I'm amazing and nobody can beat me and I can do it. And that's great. There's nothing wrong with that. But it do- it is temporary because when we deep down don't really feel confident and we're trying to kind of brush a thin layer of confidence over the top of our self-doubts, it, it can it can kind of be like an eggshell. It's easy to crack and it isn't resilient or enduring. But if this is the step that you need to get into action, then by all means do it. And the third kind of confidence is the competent confidence. It's the confidence that comes from, I've already done it. You've done something once and you automatically have more confidence the second time around. By the hundredth time you've successfully achieved it, you don't even consider the doubts you had at the beginning. In fact, it becomes so automatic that you reach a level of unconscious competence. If you take, for example, driving a car, that's a great example. Think about your first time behind the wheel. You know, you you were using so much brain power to focus in on the gears and the brakes and the mirrors and looking out the front window and out the back mirror and the side mirrors. And there's just so much focus going on. And then, at least for me, when I was a teenager, you know, six months later, I'm singing to the radio. I have the sunroof open and talking with friends, probably too many friends in the car. And, you know, you're you're just moving along because you're so confident in your driving. And what I find at this level is a lot of clients don't celebrate their strengths and their competence that they have earned and their expertise that they have earned over the years. And so I invite you to think about where are your strong competencies? What are your strengths? What does it mean for you to own those and celebrate those? What kind of experience do you have that you've gained over the trajectory of your career that other people don't have? What are you taking for granted about who you are and what you've achieved? It is really powerful when you can own that for yourself. Not that you need to tell everybody, not that you need to go brag about it, but there is something really powerful and a shift that happens for my clients when they really and truly own their successes, their competence, their strength, and it gives them such confidence to move forward in the world, which leads to the fourth kind of confidence, which is this confidence and trust in yourself that you know you have the experience, the tenacity, the perseverance, the skill set to move through and to lead whatever comes your way. We are living in completely uncertain times. Your leadership over the last two, three years during COVID has been put to the test. And the confidence that hopefully you've gained leading through all of that change gives you the confidence to know that when new challenges come up, you will absolutely be able to maneuver through those. And we can't lean too much into the, you know, I've already done it. I have the competence 
confidence, which is that number three, because things are changing so rapidly. And so we don't want to get into our comfort zone. And so when you're facing something new, which most of us are on a daily basis nowadays, I invite you to bring a word into your vocabulary when you think about trying something new or getting through a new challenge. And it's the word yet. This tiny little word teaches your brain to develop this type of confidence as it implies that success will happen. It just hasn't happened yet. So you might say to yourself, I haven't learned how to do that skill yet. I haven't gotten promoted to the level I want yet. I don't know how to solve that type of problem yet. And this final type of confidence is really built over the long term. It emerges every time you do something where you trust yourself. And all of those times build up one after another And that allows your confidence to flourish each day, each week, each month, each year, and each decade based on all of these small steps and all of these small moments where you chose to take action. But again, I ask ask you to think about how often you're celebrating all of the confidence you've gained over the years and why Why, why, why are you downplaying that? I really invite you to own that, to embrace that, and to trust that for yourself. I certainly acknowledge that we all have areas where we lack some confidence, myself included, and it's absolutely a learning process. So by no means do I want you to beat yourself up saying, I need to be more confident because we all can be more confident. and. The fact that you want more confidence in certain areas actually is a good thing. It means that you have a learning mindset and a beginner's mindset and that you're always wanting to grow and to be better. All I ask is that in those areas where you really deserve to own your confidence and your competence, just do it. Just do it. So this will not be our first podcast on confidence. I'm going to be coming back and talking more and more about confidence as leaders, how we also instill confidence in our teams as leaders, not only for ourselves, but how do we instill confidence in others? So stay tuned. There will be lots more to come on confidence. But until then, celebrate everything that you have done up to this point. You are amazing. And I can't wait to see you back here next week. Until then, bye for now. Thank you so much for being here today and listening to the Lead Your Life podcast. My invitation to you is that you do one thing today to move toward a more meaningful, fulfilling life for yourself. Today, you have the opportunity to challenge your mindset or have a meaningful conversation or take one action step towards your goals. So what are you waiting for? It would mean the world to me if you would subscribe and leave a review wherever you are listening to this podcast. I look forward to connecting with you next week. Until then, don't wait till tomorrow. Be your best self now.